BG Mania, a video game music podcast for August 21st, 2019, is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday. On with the show. a weekly video game music podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the man. I don't know. You're like the 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 Commodore 64 to the Amiga. It's Frank. I'm going to take that as an insult to you, douche. I, well, it could be a compliment depending on who you ask, and it could be an insult depending on who you ask. That's why we worded it that way. I, I you had the perfect intro to the number one Amigo, to your Amiga. No, no. If sure. anything, if you anything, have long hair like a woman, I was going to say, if anything, it's the opposite, because you, my friend, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> just joining us. All we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves to never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes, which will be announced in advance. So you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh and something exciting each and every week. If you're new to the world of video game music podcasts, you are in for a treat. But for all the veterans that may be stumbling upon our neck of the Lost Woods for the first time, Frank and I definitely tell more personal stories about the games we play music from and about the tracks themselves, instead of constantly diving into music theory and breaking apart each track instruments at a time. Though that is fun to do at times. We just we're not experts, so we can't do that. So as always, we hope you enjoy the episode we have lined up for your listening pleasure. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or where you're listening to us and leave that five star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Also, if you're interested in checking out our coverage of Gamescom 2019, which is currently ongoing this week, feel free to head on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash games or levelodongames.com. We will have complete coverage of all of the conferences that are happening. Actually, they happened on Monday, the 19th. So all of our reaction videos should be up as of the time that this podcast posts. We have reaction videos to the Nintendo Indie Showcase that's happening, the Google Stadia Connect, the Xbox conference and the Gamescom opening night live, which is being hosted by Jeff Keighley. So hopefully some exciting stuff coming out of the Gamescom this week in terms of announcements and games that we're looking forward to. So Can again, check us out. Can you believe all those PS5 leaks that we got to see? 
Yeah, isn't that crazy? No, we have no idea if that happened. Though the PS5 is uh, currently in the news because a lot of things are happening, such as the uh, the GPU speeds might actually be significantly incra- uh, crazy, like on par with a RTX 2080 or 2070, potentially, <laughs> which would be phenomenal for the PlayStation 5. But Sony would definitely lose some money on that for sure. We live in the best of times. Frank, I'm excited for this episode, though, because... Last year, we did our first look at Amiga music, and you and I just instantly knew that we had to make this a thing going forward at least once a year. We have to dedicate an episode to the Amiga because of its incredible sound chip and the way that it's able to just, I don't know, the way that it's able to produce music is incredible. It really is. It's very underrated because you don't hear many people talking about the Amiga, Uh, but uh yeah, we, we, we can do this once a week. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> once a week. <laughs> That's just it. The show is now an Amiga show. <laughs> no, and, and, and I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily underrated because during the research that I did for this particular part two of the Amiga music, I actually found several uh, composers that are out there making new stuff on Amiga sound chips and like just I, a lot of throwback it's cra- stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things where the Amiga still is being used to produce things, and especially in some of the music that we enjoy, like the synthwave, retrowave type stuff. Some of the Amiga chips and the Amiga styling, I guess, is still out there being used today. And I, that, that's pretty cool, you know, for a system that's, what, 20 some odd years old? That's pretty impressive. I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna have a Christian almost thirty years. Actually, no, it's thirty years old. I'm gonna start a Christian alt rock goth band, and we're gonna use the NES sound chip. Faith plus one. Chlorcell's my tattered journal. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, strap in. We have some excellent music lined up today, uh, all from the Amiga. And the opening track you heard was my first pick on the episode. And I wanted to open up with a bang, so I went with the title screen music from Lotus Turbo Challenge 2, which released in 1991 and was composed by one of the most iconic composers from the Amiga era, Mr. Barry Leach. Oh, trust me, I got a Barry Leach tra- track as well. It's kind of hard. It's kind. It's kind of. It's kind of hard not to, to double up on him. Because, yeah, we played a lot of them last time, didn't we do that? No, we played like two or three, if not even four, Barry Leach tracks but he's last prolific. time. No, he's great. And like I said, he is really one of the most iconic composers from the Amiga era. He's everywhere. And everything that he did, for the most part, is incredible. And I distinctly remember this game. I, I distinctly remember this game. Now, I will say I did not play it on the Amiga. I actually played Lotus, Lotus Turbo Challenge 2 on the Sega Genesis because a port released there. But I used to love racing games back in the day, and I kind of still do to an extent, but not as much as I used to. I used to really like the way, like, you know, the the retro style with the Sega Rally Championship and the Daytona USA, all that kind of stuff. That's where my heart lied with racing games. So yeah, I played the Genesis port of this, and it is a great game with a great soundtrack. And Barry Leach actually did compose the Genesis version as well, so that's kind of neat. But that particular version is from the Amiga. Uh, unknowingly to me, because I had no idea what you were going to pick, I actually uh, slated my first pick as a racing game myself. Oh, perfect. Well, let's go back to back racing. There we go. You have a racing pick? Oh, you do. You, sure you do, but it's, it's just not car racing. <laughs> no. This is from a motorcycle racer. Um, you know, I guess you win going first, but there is no second prize for me. Uh, this is... Uh, see, I said I forced one in there. Uh, this yeah, is, you're definitely <laughs> always forcing it in there, Frank. It's the only way you're ever going to... I'm not going there. It's not the only way. Sometimes you pay. Uh, 
from No Second Prize, this is the title screen. That was No Second Prize's title screen. Uh, the game came out in 1992, composed by, oh, I'm going to butcher this, Matthias Steinvox. Or it could be Steinvox. Matthias Steinvox. Steinvox. He, he, he is German. Um, yeah. He has done quite a few, few games out there that I had never heard of, but uh, I love this track before I even go into what he's done. How funky is this? How awesome is this track? Dude, this track is super groovy. I have not heard of No Second Prize. This is a game that, and I was actually making a joke to you while we were listening to that track, because you obviously submit your tracks to me a couple days in advance, so I have time to pull them and get the episode prepped. I haven't heard of, uh, actually, looking through yours, I haven't heard of a single game that you picked from. <laughs> no, seriously, like, his entire catalog, you probably haven't heard of any of these games. Uh, Caribbean Disaster. The misadventures of Flink. Their shots in Wait, wait, wait. Did you say did you say the misadventure of Link? No. Flink. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is what I would name Link if I were uh, doing my own little spin-off. I, I thought maybe this was like a uh, like a knockoff, you know, uh, CDI type type thing for Zelda, but no. <laughs> the, the, the Wanda Frankalon. Uh the, the, Wanda, the Wanda Flinkalon, yeah. He, he also did something called A320 Airbus. Again, nothing you've ever heard of. A320 Airbus, huh? Nothing I've ever heard of. Well, funny enough, Frank, 
I actually picked from A320 Airbus. <laughs> Wait a second. We, we went back to back on racing games. Are we going to go back to back on Matthias Steinbox? We are, because I always, as you know, I always put my tracks in order first. Like, I have I mine. I, I rarely do that, but I did it this week. Okay, yeah, so we are we are going back to back on Matthias Steinbox. And I'm going to say it with the V, because I, I think it probably is pronounced with the V. Uh, and that that's crazy, because I wasn't expecting to go back to back on him. And I actually wasn't expecting you to have a a track from him at all, because doing the research on this, I also thought he was pretty much well-known. Uh, for whatever reason, I didn't even put two and two together when I saw your list and No Second Prize was on there, probably because I didn't even see it on his list of games that he made, because his list isn't that long either. It's that long and you wouldn't recognize a single one of them. Exactly. I just kind of glanced through it and nothing really stuck out to me. He so, did a German version of Catan. That's about I, I, I actually I, saw that's that about, and it has a German that's, title. That's about, that's about as noteworthy as it goes. But what's crazy is that you're going to notice some similarities now that I now that we know this between the track we just heard and the track you're about to hear. Now, as we talked about last year on our part one episode of Amiga Music, sometimes in the composition phase, I guess, when they're making this type of music for the Amiga, these tracks didn't have actual names. No. So and more often than not, these games only had one piece of music in them. <laughs> And that, that is, is the case true. with A320 Airbus. So, from that particular game, the name of the track is just music, and it's the entire music that plays <laughs> okay. in the I entire like, game. <laughs> I, I would have jokingly called it track. <laughs> no, it's just called right. it's it literally it's called music on like uh, Zofar's Domain and all of those other websites. It's it's literally just called music. So that's what we're calling it. So from A320 Airbus, this is music.
And that was music from A320 Airbus, which released sometime in 1991. I think that's going to be a common theme going throughout yeah, this episode. I have, everything I have is just here. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there might be like one. I can't remember if there's one that I have. I, have to, I don't want to look forward to my notes, but there might be one or so that I have that actually has a day and month attached to it. But I don't think so. I think they are all just years. But A320 Airbus, obviously, as as we know, composed by Matthias Steinbox, who we just heard previously with the No Second Prize title screen track. But that is, like I said, there's some similarities there, but that is a lot heavier on, like, the synth and that style and sound. And I don't know. I think that track is actually immensely better. Granted, I think that because I picked it, but I just think it is in general. Your track can have second prize. <laughs> there is no second prize, Frank. Exactly. Uh, what, what do you know about the A320 Airbus? Do you know anything about it? I don't, but I do know that this game actually was a flight simulator before Microsoft Flight Simulator was a thing. And that's actually really cool. A320 Airbus, I know it's a plane, obviously, but I don't know. I don't know who actually owns it or anything like that. I actually took aerospace science in school, so I actually know a little bit of the Airbuses. Uh, so, so so, when you picked it, I went ahead and did a quick little research. And the game was uh, developed. It took about three years with cooperation from the airlines Lufthansa, Deutsche Airbus, and Jeppesen. So they actually helped out with this to keep it, make it somewhat realistic. So is is the A320 Airbus? Is that a just like a a model? I'm I'm assuming. Absolutely, it's a model plane, just like a Boeing 747. A320 okay, Airbus so is, so is, mul- is multiple companies can own an A320 Airbus, just like multiple companies own a Boeing 747. Technically, uh, Deutsche Airbus is the one who does it, but then obviously Lufthansa is also right there in Germany, and so is Jeppesen. So I, it's more of it's a German airline. Oh, okay, and a German composer, which makes it, 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 it all ties together, doesn't it? Has, total crazy sense. How it all works. I know it was published and developed by Thalion Software. I wonder if they are. They are. They're based in Germany. Okay. <laughs> Thalion Software, based out of Gutersloth, Germany. See the things we learn when we come together and collaborate. <laughs> Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I guess to guess we're gonna close out our whole crossover thing. I picked a song that you have. You have something about A three twenty Airbuses. <laughs> I have a I have a game related to planes. More, oh. more actually, more so okay. the people who jump out of them. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'm gonna spoil crazy right now. people. Compo- crazy people jump out of planes. C- composed by Barry Leach. So we're actually we're actually closing out a circle here. Crazy people jump out of planes. Let me say it again. Uh, heroes jump out of planes because this game is called Airborne <laughs> Ranger, and this is the title screen.
want to be an airborne ranger living the life of something in danger i don't know the words to that song no uh this was uh the title screen from airborne ranger came out in 1989 uh composed by barry leach okay i said like i said man everything barry leach did was pretty phenomenal the scottish supernova himself the man has skills the scottish supernova that's him right isn't that noem dar yeah, we don't see him anymore, so... Uh... <laughs> I don't actually don't know if that's Noem Dar's nickname or not, but... <laughs> you can have this nickname for now until WWE puts a copyright strike against us, okay? Exactly. Which will happen, I'm assuming. Great track, though, man. It is, man. I... Barry can do no wrong. He's the Yoko Shimomura of, of the, the Amiga. Amiga. <laughs> yeah, and we and uh, I, I I don't believe Yoko actually did anything for the Amiga. I don't believe so. Otherwise, she would be the Yoko Shimomura of the Amiga. I literally looked up her too to see if she did anything. She didn't. Like, oh, I, okay. I, I, wrote, I, I wrote Yoko Shimomura and Amiga, and uh, okay. I mean, okay. I mean, she could be she, she could be my Amiga. I like that. Uh, like, there's just a lot of different things going on in that track that all come together to make something that sounds really cool. Like we, we started using a new thing to play our music here for the show and we're able to see like all of the different channels and the different sound waves and that kind of stuff. And we're actually listening to the music and you can literally see when things were coming in and just how it all went together. And Barry really is a genius when it came to composing for the Amiga. Like it was, he did really good stuff, man. He really did. (laughs) You could actually kind of tell this is a war game just by the based off the song and the music. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We've had that. We had that before, too. It has that cadence kind of like how like an Akari Warriors, like, 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 you know, you're moving forward and you're. Yeah. Remember the last episode I played that track the last time we did Amiga music, I played that track from Cannon Fodder. And exactly. that was very like, you know, very crazy named of a crazy name for a game anyway because when you realize what the name or what the game is about but (laughs) um it it, that that song also and i I don't think that was barry leach but it it may have been actually but uh that that track also you could tell it was a war thing and that's what i like is that usually when a song is composed for a game that is about a war and i don't know really what you're doing in airborne ranger again i'm not familiar with the game but you can definitely tell that that is a a war game like there's something going on there it is man. in war war never changes frank we got another email that i wanted to read you on the show this week because i enjoyed this one and i think you're actually going to enjoy this one too plus we have another suggestion for an yes. episode nice so i think you're going to enjoy this it came to us from a listener of the show named ryan said hey brian and hey frank i'm ryan from ireland and i've been following you guys around on about a year now on youtube which i actually think is really cool and only decided to give the podcast a listen as i'm not much into audio podcasts i immediately became addicted to hearing you and frank talk about your own history with each game and song you cover basically i'm a huge metal gear solid fan and i know frank likes the series as well and was wondering if one day you guys would feel up to doing an actual episode on metal gear music through the entire franchise well, can we Oh, we will. He said, thank Ryan. you. and Keep on rocking. Ryan. Guys. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have that. I actually replied to him. I, I penciled it in for November. So Hell yes. We'll, Hell we'll be doing an episode yes. later this year uh, based off of Metal Gear Music. But I thought that was actually really cool. Uh, I think that might be the first person that's actually written in that found us through YouTube and has been following our content on there for well over a year and now just decided recently to start listening to our not only BG Mania, but he also mentioned Max Level. So, because, uh, you know, he's a podcast, so I'm assuming he listens to both. So that's pretty cool. I actually really like that a lot. So thank you so much, Ryan, for writing in. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, 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 thanks for the suggestion, because I would love to do a whole episode for Metal Gear. 
yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do an episode dedicated to Metal Gear later this year. And if you want to send us comments, questions, concerns, feedback, whatever, tracks for upcoming episodes, always BGmania at leveldowngames.com. My next game actually takes place in a galactic conflict. Ooh, Star Wars. What do you got? No, it's not Star Wars. The name of the game is Xenon 2 Mega Blast. The name of the track is Intro. was intro from Xenon 2 Mega Blast, which came out, I actually have a month, August of 1989, composed by David Whitaker, who is another very famous Amiga composer. That is a name that I see a lot when I'm looking up Amiga music. He's definitely out there doing some really cool things. And this game was actually designed by the Bitmap Brothers, which is a, a pretty big deal because they are phenomenal and it became one of their most well-known titles actually designing it. It was developed by the assembly line published by Imageworks, but it was actually designed by the Bitmap Brothers and and they did some really cool things back in the day on the Amiga. They were a UK-based company and they did some really cool stuff. But this game actually is a vertical scrolling shoot 'em up. And again, it takes place in a galactic conflict. You're trying to uh, just there's this alien race and they're trying to wipe you out by planting four bombs in, in some space time areas. I've never played it, but it looks really cool and it sounds really cool. I've played similar games to this on the NES and the SNES, but I've never actually played this particular game. But I love that track. I really do. Is David Whitaker from Ohio? I don't believe so. Because I heard some Cleveland hip hop up in there. Oh, no, I don't think that uh, he's from England. So I guess England is similar to Cleveland. Not not maybe, at all. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a Cleveland out there. Maybe I'm, there's I'm, a Cleveland I'm, somewhere I'm, I'm in England. Just, I'm that Leeds is the Cleveland of, of uh, England. <laughs> no, no, there is a actual another um, 
The, there was another composer on Xenon 2 as well, uh, known as Bomb the Bass, which is... I'm sure Bomb the Bass is from Ohio. <laughs> no, I actually think Bomb the Bass is... I've heard, of, I've heard of the Young Sound Car Bomb. I know what's going on here. No, he's a, he's another composer from England. Uh, his actual name is Tim Simonon. Oh, that's about one of the most British names I've ever heard. That's right there with Martin. <laughs> Shout out to Martin. <laughs> the only one when you, the only one Frank knows. <laughs> hey, when it comes when it comes to British stuff, uh, you are the king. The only one, the only one Frank knows. But this this whole soundtrack actually, there there isn't that many tracks on there. But the whole thing very much is very hip hop in nature. And I give props to hip hop. So hip hop, hooray! Oh, hey, hip hop, hippie, the hip 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 hop. Frank doesn't stop eating. I Do wish. the thing. I wish I'm starving right now. <laughs> you know, I thought our style crossover was going to stop, but it's not. Well, you thought wrong, Frank. Well, if you didn't know, uh, no, um, I've actually picked a game that takes place partly in space, uh, based upon a science fiction game. Uh, I mean, science fiction TV show, uh, Doctor Who. This is Dalek Attack, the introduction. Jinkui. Dalek Attack, uh, the introduction track uh, from the 1992 classic. A classic. Is it? Is it actually a classic? Is it a good I game? Mean, it doesn't look bad. I haven't played this, but I was doing again. I did the research. It, it's a, it's a platformer game where you play as the fourth, fifth, and seventh uh, Doctors, and you're actually fighting legit mainline bad guys from the Doctor Who universe. So the Daleks, so it really so it really is a, a Doctor Who game. It is absolutely a Doctor Who game. Okay. Um, so. You fight, obviously, the Daleks, the, the Robo-Men. The, the game takes place in London, Paris, New York, Tokyo, and Scarrow, the home of the Daleks. Oh, okay. And apparently it follows it very, very closely. But I found a cool little uh, fun fact about this game. A uh, tank tidbit, if you will. A tank tidbit, sure. So the BBC obviously licensed and said it was okay to make this game, but they didn't want any individual credit, so they didn't want no composers. Paul Tankard. Uh, they didn't want any anyone to be listed in the game as a uh, as a uh, when the game was over, no credits. So what? Why? They did, they're they're nutty that way. So what they did was there was some just a secret room hidden behind some blocks and written on the on the walls were the credits for the game. So uh, you could definitely find hilarious. <laughs> they always find a way. When I initially was doing the research, like who composed this game, I couldn't find it. Wasn't readily available. And then when I looked up to it, I was like, okay, there we go. That all makes sense now. But yeah, apparently this was a good game. Okay, awesome. I've never heard of it, and I didn't actually did not know there was even a game out there that was let you play as Doctor Who characters. Exterminate. Uh, no, this game. I, I love. First of all, I love the Daleks. I actually have like three Dalek Funko Pops. Off to the side here, because I'm a big nerd. Well, yes, that's that's without a question. Hey, what can I say, man? I love what I love. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to give this a shot. I, I wonder how it's gonna hold up some 30 years later. 
Exactly. Who knows? It might suck now, but back then it probably was good. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you it was the most cutting edge game ever. This is like our... What's, what's the cutting edge now? This is our Persona 5. Death Stranding. Well, well that remains go. to be seen if it's cutting edge or not. But the cool thing is, if you're uh, listening to this episode the day it posts, uh, go back and check out our reaction video to Gamescom opening night live on Monday because uh, there is a new Death Stranding trailer, I think, debuting during that. So we'll find out more information on that. Can you believe that incredible cameo from What's-His-Face? No. I guess I'll do my stupid future thing. Yeah, because it never could never comes to fruition. The one time it does, you're like, oh my god, he's, he's prolific. <laughs> he's amazing! But no, 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 no. No one ever says that about you. Uh, I think they all say that. And if you say that uh, when you send us a comment that Frank is amazing, it's a good way to get your comment not heard on, on the air because it's, Brian's a bitch. I'll just delete it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Deleted! But no, Frank, I actually have a, a game coming up here that I'm going to play a mu- piece of music from that also kind of takes place in space to an extent because it's dealing with aliens and it's kind of based off of the alien movie IP. It's not part of it. It's based on it. The name of the game is Alien Breed. The name of the track is Menu. was Menu from Alien Breed, which came out sometime in 1991. 
and that particular track was composed by Alistair Brimble. I really like that. It's it's very catchy to an extent, and what I like about it particularly is there kind of in the beginning, you can even hear the Xenomorph built into the actual track, yes. <laughs> which I really like. Uh, the game itself is a, a, a gauntlet-style top-down sci-fi shoot-em-up game, and it is based heavily on the Alien movie IP. Like I said, it's not actually part of it, but it's based heavily, and everything very much does resemble the aliens from the films. And now, being, being a Team 17 game, this is definitely a British composer, right? Is? I, I don't know. I didn't really like look to see where he was from. I Let mean, me see. His, his name is Alistair, so he's definitely somewhere in Europe, because we don't really have a name over here in the States. I think we do, but Alistair... Uh, we, we have all names, but come on, you know what I mean. Like, Alistair Brimble is a British video game music composer, yes. That just yes. makes sense. I mean, the Team 17 is the ukulele team. Yeah, Team 17 actually still going strong out there publishing games to this day. Uh, you know, uh, Playtonic is the ukulele team, actually. Team same 17. Same well, you always get it confused. Team 17 is the publisher. You, uh, Playtonic is the developer. You do that a lot, actually. I always, <laughs> I, I always do this... I do that so often, it's obscene. Yeah, you know, my do, brain just, it's you, wired you do that very a lot. badly. Publishers don't actually make the game, they just publish the game. But yeah, they're still going strong out there in uh, in modern years because, you know, like I said, like Frank mentioned, they published Ukulele back in 2017, and they're actually publishing the sequel to Ukulele, uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, which comes out later this year. So they're still out I there, and they, call, they actually I, published I My Time in Porsche as well. I would call it Yukatui, but that's just me. <laughs> Yukatui. <laughs> really piss rare off. That'd have been hilarious. Uh, man, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, that might be something we want to look into for an episode in the future after it comes out, because... We know it's going to have awesome music. Well, yeah, it's freaking Grant Kirkhope. Come on now, dude. Grant Kirkhope doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but that track right there, man, like I said, it is a fantastically composed piece of music. And it, it just sucks that all of the, at least a majority, I should say, because I have played a few of these games, but the majority of the music we're playing today are, are from games that we have next to no experience actually playing. So we don't, we don't have a lot of like actual personal stories to tell in this episode or things yeah, I mean, to really dive into. I legitimately went into the depths of the Amiga world, so I don't know most of these songs that I'm coming up with. Well, I know the songs. I don't know the games because I listen to a lot of music. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, like a lot of these tracks are things that we've heard before, like in the past, especially like because I think a couple of these actually are leftovers I had from the first episode that we did. I had a couple of them myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I went back and looked at my playlist that I had saved on YouTube because, uh, you know, I use YouTube to kind of like formulate ideas and that kind of stuff. And I went back to that playlist I had from last year and saw that I still had a couple tracks that we didn't actually play in that first episode. So I re-listened to them. I actually axed two of them because I didn't think they were actually good enough. And then uh, I kept, I think it was two more. So pretty cool. And A320 Airbus was one of them. Um, so you know what? For my next track, uh, before I introduce it, oh, I'm going to introduce it here. We had mentioned in our last Amiga episode that uh, sometimes Amiga songs are legitimately just licensed songs that they just took credit for themselves. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It happens all the time, at least for the Amiga. <laughs> so my next one up here is going to sound like a very popular song that you may know, and I'm not I'm not going to say what that song is just yet. We'll talk about it when we come back. Okay. But from the, from the Penguin game, Pengo, this is Pengocorn.
And that was Pango Corn from the game Pango, which came out in 1994, uh, composed by the game's creator, Martin Rebus and Johan Persson. Okay. Um, I did a little digging um, on Johan Persson, and all I find is the terrorist who was arrested for terrorist attacks for 12 years. So Probably not, not him. Probably not, not him. Guy. At least he hope so. 80, he was, because that guy was born in 82, and if he was 12 years old doing terrorist things, that's no bueno. Um, but yeah, this is... This is very much uh, the name Pango Corn. There's a game. There's a song out there called Popcorn, uh, made famous by the group Hot Butter. It actually hit number twenty eight in the U.S. charts. Which I crazy enough, man, I've never heard that before. <laughs> you, we actually listened to it after listening to that, just so I could have some like comparison and knowledge on it. And I've never heard of that track or never heard of that piece of music. It, it actually. Uh, became a number one hit in some countries because Crazy Frog went ahead and did some kind of stuff with it. Uh, that, which that's is a, that's insane. That was, well, that's, that's, yeah, Crazy, I guess, because Crazy Frog, but that's just insane, man. That's not that good of a song. <laughs> but I like that the name of the track is Pango Chord after you told me that. I, and honestly, it's definitely borrows quite a bit, but it does. it is its own song. Like it's, It definitely has its own parts to it, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, and that that's a lot like uh, as you mentioned before we listened to that. That that is what they did back then. They took popular portions of songs that existed on radio and in pop culture, but then added their own flavor to it and added their own segments to make it just different enough, I guess. <laughs> they, they, they vanilla iced it is what they did. They vanilla iced it exactly. Dun 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 dun. dun. No, mine is dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> See, it's, it's that little drop that he has, yeah, that makes it his it's own. The little, it's the drop that makes it unique. <laughs> oh, man. That is, a, that is a fun piece of music, though. I'm glad you actually played that. We all have photos on our phones or cameras or posted it to our social media accounts. But when you get that perfect picture and you want to turn it into something real that you can see every single day, PosterBurner.com can turn your photos into amazing prints. Imagine walking into your room and seeing that perfect family photo or vacation picture on your wall. Or if you need to get a gift for family or friends, there's nothing in the same price range that is going to be as impressive and meaningful as a custom print. PosterBurner.com is easy to use, it's affordable, and the quality is truly top-notch. They make amazing posters, and when they say posters, they don't mean those flimsy posters you see in stores. This is super thick, premium photo paper. And you can get a 24 by 36 movie size poster for under $20. They also make premium canvas prints, metal prints, decals, stickers, banners, cell phone cases, and more. I had the pleasure of ordering a print of Void, our mascot for Level Down Games, as well as a beautiful black frame for him to live in. The quality is fantastic, and I am so happy with the way it turned out. Actually, I have it sitting on a desk behind me. So if you catch any of our videos going forward on our YouTube channel, you can see it directly there behind me on the desk. I absolutely adore it. Go to posterburner.com forward slash BGM today and you'll get an additional 10% off of your order. That discount applies to every type of print that they offer. Again, that's posterburner.com forward slash BGM. All right, man, let's go ahead and listen to, ooh, you know what? Let's take a listen to something that I think you're really going to enjoy, Frank. This is a, this is something we probably should have played in the first episode from a game. Really? Yeah, because it's it's really good from a game known as Zool. I'm hoping you're familiar with it. 
There is no Dana, only Zool. Z-O-O-L, Zool. I'm familiar. (laughs) Name of the track is Rockin' Zool. Rockin' Zool from Zool. And actually, the entire name of the game is Zool Ninja of the Nth Dimension. That was released sometime in October 1992, composed by Patrick Fellon. I absolutely love that track, dude. This is great. Uh, Actually, a game I've played, too. Oh, perfect. Uh, I have not played this. I know it's a platforming game, and it's probably a game that I would actually very much enjoy, but I've just never played it. It's, it's been released everywhere. It's been, it, I mean, it's the Amiga, it's on the SNES, it's on the Master Systems, on the Genesis, it's on the Game Boy. Like, it wasn't just exclusive to the Amiga and the Commodore era. Def- definitely played this on the Super Nintendo. Um, Zazul was a, first of all, the game is by Gremlin Graphics. He is a Gremlin Ninja. Okay. Uh, and which is, which is pretty cool. And he was created as like a rival to the mascot. So he was like a, a rival to Sonic the Hedgehog. For, I'm sorry, oh, he was Amiga, interesting. He was, he was Amiga Sonic. Interesting. Okay, that's actually really cool. Because I know there's a, there's, a, there's a Zool 2 out there as well. There's like sequels to this game. Yeah. Um, the reason I remember this game was, uh, and it's, it would make fun of me for being fat, whatever. I will, don't worry. It's what you do. I remember there being prominent Chupa Chops, which is a, a British... Uh, delicious lollipop company. There's like, first of all, there's lots of like Candyland. There's a whole like candy level. Yeah, there's. I, that's the the one screenshot I can see that's on Wikipedia is the candy level. <laughs> 
I, I typed in Zool Chupa Chops, and literally, there's little big, there's big logos for it, there's lollipops everywhere. I just remember being, I was like, is this an advertisement for the game? Like, because you know, we, we've had that before, we've had games like, you know, Cool Spot, and... Yeah! Which were, which were, which were overt, you know, those actually put out my 7-Up. My but, uh, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. It's, it's not a bad game. Sneak it's King a very... from Burger King! <laughs> there you go. Pocket Pack Racer. Home of the Impossible Whopper. Which is delicious. I've never had it yet. Really, really, really good. Tastes like meat. Does it taste just like meat? It does. It's, it's huh. crazy. Interesting. That's probably what I should start eating. Yeah, honestly, we should we should all kind of get a little healthier and start doing something like that. Yeah. But yeah, man, the, the game is very, very hard. That's what that's really the one knock on the game that uh, critics have given it. It's instantly difficult. But I love this track. This is such a good song. It's so freaking like late 80s, early 90s, just speed metal too, man. Like like yeah. Metallica era of speed metal. That's what this reminds me of. <laughs> That's literally the part that I fell in love with. Like the oh yeah, dude. Like the the sweeps on the guitar. It's so freaking good, man. It's so freaking good. I love this so much. That's why I said I'm surprised that this one didn't make the cut for the first episode because it's very much our style of music. Um, yeah, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Uh, this is Patrick Phelan did this. He also did the, the music for Lotus Three. These songs kind of cross over, so they have the same, almost the same soundtrack. Well, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. And and we because we, we, we opened we opened up with Lotus song. Yeah, I was gonna say we opened up with Lotus Turbo Challenge too. So that's actually really cool that we're still able to mention Lotus Three. See, there you go. It all comes around. All comes full circle in the circle of life. In fact, this is a game about a gremlin. I'm gonna take you to a game about another mythical creature. <laughs> okay. Uh, my track, titled. BGM01, there's their creative, creative titles. This is from Trolls. Enjoy. Trolls, that was BGM 1. Uh, came out in 1993. 
composed by Philip Nixon, uh, a British composer who did other classics such as Elvira the Arcade Game and Elvira 2 The Joys of Cerberus. That's a catchy tune. It is, man. Uh, it sounds very familiar to another song I could not place it. I'm still going crazy trying to figure what it was. But it's, uh, it's actually, I, I, you know, it has a little bit of Mega Man to it. I can hear that. I can hear a little bit of Mega Man in there. I can hear maybe, uh, when did this come out? This was 93, but if it sounds like the opening to one of the Mega Man games, like either two, three or four. Has a little, little, a little bit, a little portion of it where, where it goes with the with the rise. Okay, I can definitely hear the the inspiration of that now that you mentioned it. Yeah, I can hear that for sure. Troll, a game based upon the treasure trolls, those fun little creatures that we all had, and I don't know why. Those were insanely popular back in this time period, dude. I had one because my grandma bought me one, and I will say I never had another one because it's not my thing. I don't want a little ugly looking freaky troll. Now they're po- not, not, they're popular again now, thanks to that Trolls movie. Well, yeah, they definitely, you know, rose in popularity once again. I never actually owned any of the actual little troll things. I, I knew several people that did, but I myself never had one. I think I ended up with one somehow, but I never actually, like, bought one or had somebody buy one for me or never got one as a gift. I think somebody left one at my house or something one time because I remember actually, like, coming into ownership of one that I never even better just showed up. I mean, maybe it just showed up in my house. I don't know. Like they might they might have done that. They, they were little sentient creatures. You know, so. <laughs> just just decided it wanted to live there. No, I, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to it. Maybe it moved on. But yeah, I, I, I literally think I saw that thing laying around the floor a couple times throughout my childhood. I don't know. Maybe, maybe probably just moved around on its own. It's kind of like the elf on the shelf, dude. They just move around on their exactly. own. Exactly. I just remember uh, grandma got it for me. It had like maroon hair and I would put I put it on like a little shelf and I would shoot at it with my dark gun all the time. Yeah. Just, you know, just 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 fire off across the room. Just you know, I had little targets. That's rude. That's actually like I was uh, playing with the toy, was I not? <laughs> no, you were shooting the toy. <laughs> it was part it was part it was part of my fun activities. Yeah, no, that's abusive. You need to get help. Yes, uh, I probably do. For so many things, <laughs> just, the tip, just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> All right, man, let's jump to a track that I am excited to listen to because it's one of actually one of our favorite composers uh, and it, actually more so you than me. But I, I'm a huge fan of this person as well. But we're also a huge fan of this game. And I actually had forgotten that this game released on the Amiga because I had forgotten how many places this game actually released on. Skyrim! <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? No. From Ghouls and Ghosts, this is title theme.
And that was the title theme from Ghouls and Ghosts, which came out on the Amiga sometime in July 1989, composed by Tim Fallen. Tim, my boy. And you can totally tell by listening to that track what makes that a Tim Fallen composition, dude. Oh, hell yes. He loves his he loves his runs. His style is so like just easily recognizable and a great composer, someone that, you know, that for that Frank and I definitely have a lot of respect for, for everything that he's done for the industry and everything that he continues to do in the industry. But man, it's just there's something about this. And this is the only version of the game that he actually composed. Tomoya Kawamoto is the actual main composer of Ghouls and Ghosts on a majority of the other platforms. But for whatever reason, Tim Fallon got to do the tracks for the Amiga version, and they are pretty phenomenal, man. They are pretty freaking phenomenal. I, I can just see him walking into the studio and be like, nah, nah, I got this. It's so good. Actually, I, I, I see here that he actually, the uh, the Commodore 64 version, which is closely related to the Amiga, is the same game, so that also features the Tim Fallon soundtrack as well. Okay. So that's, cool, that's, that's cool. pretty freaking cool, man. Like, but just his way of implementing those chiptune synthesizers and making it his own and just because that sounds different than the other title themes and the other compositions that we heard for Ghouls and Ghosts. Like, you know, the. Oh, the, absolutely. The ver- by and far. Yeah, like the, you know, the more versions that we're familiar with, like the Genesis and the Super Nintendo, like with Super Ghouls and Ghosts and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> sound totally freaking different, dude. <laughs> Totally different. Man, we need more Tim Fallon songs in our lives. It's it's such a good piece of music. I really enjoy it. And the game continues to still be difficult to this day. Like, it's a challenging game through and through. Yeah. Quit making us play these games twice. <laughs> True. Yeah. All right. Um, I have another one of my favorite composers out there for my next track. Perfect. From Torvac the Warrior with the original song World One. This is World One. <laughs> was World One from Torvac the Warrior. Came out in 1990, composed by Matt Furness. Matt freaking Furness, dude. Such a good composer. Man, like I said, he does the Genesis versions of Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. He did Boogerman. He did the Cool Borders games. I love Matt Furness. And this game in general, um, 
It's not a game I actually have played. I played this on the Amiga and I played this at MAGFest because they had it all set up. The game is very nice. much... That's awesome. <laughs> they had everything and I was like, I have to play... You know, before that, I don't think I've ever played the Amiga or, or I may have seen it played by someone else. But it was the first time I actually played it, played it and sat down. Because uh, they, they had a whole section for PC gaming and like old PC gaming and, and Amiga, all that stuff over there. It was really yeah. cool. We have, we, we, me and Brian definitely have to do that one of these days because we love games, we love music. We have to go to that together. Oh, no, we're definitely going to get out there for MAGFest. I think that'd be fun to do and even even just for stories for the show and, you know, to see what we run into and what we can get up to. Like, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But it, it's, it's very much like Golden Axe. It's a hack and slash side scroller beat em up. It's everything that Frank loves. And this track, man, just it, you could you could definitely tell it. You're just you, you, you could feel like you're just a barbarian with your shirt off, carrying your axe around. Please don't take your shirt off. Brian, I am wearing nothing but my smile right now. That is... They, Thank they, 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 God they, this isn't an audio, uh, just an audio-only podcast. <laughs> I, no one wants to see that. But I do that for the listener. Nobody, 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 Frank, wants to see that. I wouldn't say nobody. I mean... <laughs> nobody. Close, close to nobody. <laughs> That's a very good World One piece of music. Like, because oftentimes in games, like, you know, your title themes are really strong, but your first level music also has to be strong because it's the music that a lot of people hear the most, specifically because a lot of times people don't progress that far in games. You notice that, like, a lot of times World One music is typically the strongest track. I think there's a reason why. It's really it's because it's the level you play first. I mean, that's why things like uh, Emerald Hill Zone. Yeah, or even like the the iconic Super Mario music, or every everything exactly. in the first level is always the best music, and, and that's really cool. That. In fact, that's a good idea for an episode going forward. Level one music. Level one stages. That'd be fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll figure that out sometime in the future. That'd be fun to do. Yeah. With, with all our ideas, that's that's coming sometime in twenty twenty eight. Sometime in 2037. <laughs> From the nursing home that Frank lives in. Oh, I, I'm hoping I don't even make it to next week, but that is <laughs> next that is, Tuesday. It's that, always that, next Tuesday. It's always <laughs> that is the plan. It's always Tuesday. Always Tuesday. All right, Frank, I want to talk about something special that Level Down Games gets to be a part of. For those who are unfamiliar with Kyle, you can hear him weekly every Monday on Max Level, as well as catch his streams at twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce every Tuesday, Thursday, and either Saturday or Sunday. Next month on September 21st and 22nd, he's hosting a charity event on Twitch with several different streamers involved. So far, it's around six or seven, with potentially more set to be announced at a later date. And some of them are even verified with significant audiences of their own. They'll be raising money for the Las Vegas PBS Special Needs Library, as Kyle himself is a pediatric doctor of physical therapy in Las Vegas. We encourage everyone listening to participate in the Streamworks Alliance charity stream next month on September 21st and September 22nd. Information can be found by going to leveldowngames.com and clicking on the Streamworks Alliance tab there in the menu bar. We'll see you there. I want to move to one of the more iconic franchises that existed back during this time period with releases on several platforms, including the Amiga, including the Commodore 64, the Atari ST, the ZS Spectrum, the Genesis. It was pretty much everywhere, but it is one of the most iconic franchises from back then. From Turrican 2, this is the intro.
that was the intro from Turrican 2, which came out on the Amiga sometime in 1991 and was composed by Chris Hudelsbeck, who is a very, again, once again, a very popular composer from back in that period, man. He mostly did music from 1991 until like 1998 and a majority of his stuff is on the Amiga. And he, there's not a lot of stuff out there, but he's got some very iconic music because he is the main composer behind the Turrican games from that time period, which so many people are, you know, familiar with when it comes to the Amiga. I, I honestly, I would think that, you know, when you think Amiga, you probably do think Turrican. Like that's... Oh no, it's, it's like I said, it's definitely, I think one of the flagship IPs for that particular console. And what I think is crazy is that the Amiga version of Turrican 2 was actually developed by Factor 5, who would go on to make some of the best Star Wars games in history on the Nintendo 64 and GameCube in the Rogue Squadron series. It's crazy. Yeah, the same freaking team who I think is still out there. Yeah, they're still a team. They just, for whatever reason, don't make games anymore, which is sad. <laughs> Get off your asses. And start making us some games. The last game that Factor 5 made is the PS3's 2007 release of Lair. Wow, it's been that long, huh? It's been 12 years since Factor 5 made a game. Factor 5, what you do is you go out there and get a real crappy game and make it better. So you want to make like a... You know, that's also what uh, Hey Jude's supposed to do. Take a sad song and make it better. But uh, what, what I want you to do is go get the game Agony and make it so I can play it. Well, it says here, uh, looking at Factor 5 on Wikipedia, on March 15th, 2017, Factor 5 co-founder Julian Eggerbright announced that the company has, has returned. So I guess they took some time off. So, oh, yeah. No, the company closed in 2009. OK, so this is recent that they're back. So as of the last two years, they're back and they've reacquired the rights to the Turkin franchise. Ooh. So maybe there'll be a new Turkin sometime in the future. PS5, baby. PS5. I actually did was not even under or or an Amiga box. Amiga box, like the Amiga Mini. <laughs> yeah. I was not even aware that they had actually closed down in 2009. So that's news to me. But I'm glad that they're back because I, I really did enjoy Factor 5's work, especially with like the Star Wars type stuff and the Turrican type stuff. So the fact that they actually own the rights to Turrican again, I'm curious to see what they plan to do with it. I wonder if they had any input with the the reinitialization, the re, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, I don't know. All, all those old games are coming on to a disc soon for PS4. Uh, the, 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 oh, God, I, can't, I, I, can't, I suck at words. I don't know, Frank. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> we, just, we just saw this recently at a conference, probably E3, where all the old Star Wars games are coming to a compilation. That's the word I was looking for. Oh, that, that was in the, um, 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 the limited run games E3 press conference, right? Where they were releasing all of them as like physical copies and re-releasing some of them yeah, was, that we haven't seen in a like, while. I was wondering maybe they, you know, they worked with them to help, you know, bring them maybe. to standard for... Maybe. There's a possibility. Maybe. Yes. Don't do drugs, maybe. kids. Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully Chris Hill's back, actually, uh, if they are making a new Turkin, it'd be really cool if they actually brought him back to compose the soundtrack for it again. I love when they do that, so I hope that, I hope that you're right about that. I hope that happens. Yeah, me too. All right. Um... Oh, we got two picks left. So let me go something here um, from, from a mighty legend. This is Ivanhoe, the mighty legend, level one.
And that was level one from Ivanhoe, the Mighty Legend, which came out in 1989, composed by Pierre-Éric Laurent and Jean Bazat, or Balot. I'm assuming they're French composers. Ha ha. Oui. Oui, oui. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd like to apologize right now to our French listeners. <laughs> which we know there are several of, so yeah. There are. Um, so Jean Balot uh, did the music for Bad Dudes. Oh, okay. Uh, not a great game, but really fun soundtrack to Bad Dudes. He, also, he, did, he did Operation Wolf as well. Remember the helicopter game? Yeah, I do, actually. I absolutely do remember that. Uh, uh, Pierre-Éric Leroux, uh, I'm just doing real quick on the fly. He did, uh, what's it called? Uh, Ivanhoe the Mighty Legend. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, we just heard that. <laughs> uh, and Cabal. Cabal, wait, isn't that the, uh, is that a, a war game as well? Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought so. Yeah, I thought I thought Cabal was a war game. Yeah, that actually sounds familiar to me. Yeah, this is uh, this French duo uh, hit you with that banger right there. I like it. I'm, it's I'm, I'm assuming Ivanhoe is a war game. Probably isn't. <laughs> no, I, 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 Ivanhoe is based upon the uh, classic literary work Ivanhoe, which was written by someone I don't know off the top of my head because I haven't read that in about thirty something years. Based on Fabio, so, you say? So, so it was written by Sir Walter Scott in uh, eighteen nineteen. It's based on Fabio? Well, uh, Fabio is a model who was on the cover of lots of Harlequin novels. He was hit in the face with a goose when he was on a roller coaster, and he can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> he was hit in the face with a goose, really? Yes, look it up. It's awesome. Did somebody throw it at him, or did it just like fly into no, his face? No, he, he was on a roller coaster, and it hit him in the face, and it broke his Well, somebody could have had a goose on a roller coaster and like threw it at him. If somebody brings a goose onto a roller coaster... <laughs> For, for, for one, why? Two, why is the right operator letting that happen? And three, why are you throwing it at Fabio? <laughs> Ivanhoe. That's a funny name for a game. Is this a good game? You play this one or no? I have not played this one, but I am familiar with the story. Again, I haven't read it since I was a kid, but it's it's it's, it's a classic. Is it a adventure game or an RPG? It's an adventure game. Hmm. Yeah, I've not even heard of this. I said you, you had some off the wall picks for me, so I don't even know some uh, of the th- stuff. This is one of the times I dug. I dug for my last track as well. Uh... But yeah, okay. it's, it's catchy little, though. Little, it's, it's catchy. It's, 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 it's a nice little fun track. It has a nice little. Bum, little, little bum, 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 I like bum, bum. I like that. Like it's it's a catchy too, dude. I really like that a lot. So cool, very cool. I have one pick left on the episode this week, and I think I saved my personal favorite that I've. And I've had some good stuff, man. You go back to like Zool, you go back to Xenon 2, to A320 Airbus, to Ghouls and Ghosts. I had some really good stuff. Lotus Turbo Challenge 2. But my personal favorite I saved for the very end. So from Armalite, the final run. This is the title screen music.
that was the title screen from Armalite, the final run, which released sometime in 1991 and was composed by Justin Sharvona. This is a game that I would love to go back and play. It is a side-scrolling shoot-em-up heavily inspired by R-Type. And I really enjoy those kind of games. Actually, uh, most recently, Frank, you and I played through 1980X. And there was that one game in there that was heavily inspired by R-Type that uh, I think we played a track from the Outrun version of the mini games that they have here on BG Mania like two months ago in uh, Radio Hour. But I remember talking about, and it's even in my review, if they released a full version of that game that's inspired by R-Type, I would absolutely play that from start to finish. Like, I would love to play something like that. And again, going back in for Armalite, I would love to go back and actually check this out because it looks like a lot of fun. I do like those kinds of games, too. Yeah. And Justin Charvona, another British composer, this, you know, the episode heavily features British composers today, but didn't really do anything of major importance. You look at like things that he did, uh, King Arthur's World on SNES, which I actually think we played a track from back in our Medieval Times episode which is might be why I'm so familiar with this name. I think we might have actually done that, but he did uh, Croc Legends of or Legend of the Gobos for PS1 and PC and Sega Saturn back in 1997. I remember that and Croc too uh, was the composer behind the Emperor's New Groove <laughs> and uh, two of the Harry Potter games, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. But he really wasn't like not out there doing that much. Hey, you know, it's like I say, sometimes you can just make your money one and done. And you're good to go. Yeah, but I'm telling you what, man, this particular track for Armalite is incredible. I love the way, again, heavy on the synth. I love the way that it transitions between instruments, transitions between segments. Like, this is a really, really, really well-composed piece of music. That was a damn good uh, pick there. Uh, Mine is going to pale in comparison now. Thanks a lot, Brian. It's what I usually do, man. I like to, uh, you know, make sure that your tracks. You're such a dick. You were such a dick. (laughs) Make sure your tracks suck compared to mine. No, I was kidding. Your track's good, man. No. um, So this right here, to close it out, is going to be from a game called Human Killing Machine. They normally abbreviated HKM. Okay. Uh, It's a British 2D fighting video game uh, based off the Street Fighter engine. In fact, it was like. They, they pretty much took the Street Fighter engine and just built it on top of that. Oh, okay. Interesting. I uh, it, it was made by this. It's not made by the same team. No. Uh, developed by Tax and published by US Gold. Um, so did they get permission to use the engine? Probably not. It's probably not. How things work. If you look at the cover of the game, the cover has nothing to do with the actual game itself. And that's what a lot of people complained about that. I remember back in the day, this game came out in 88. Uh, you have the internet, so you pretty much base everything off your cover. So you, you could definitely trick people into buying your crap game. Um, on a plus, this game came free with a lot of Amigas, so. Oh, so this is not a good game. It's not a good game. Uh, the average score I've seen out there, most places give it anywhere between a 70 to 75. Someone out there gave it a 31. But they, they all agree that it's good graphics, but. Uh, that was a common thing back then, though, is that the cover art for games a lot of times didn't represent what the actual game was about. Oh, that's absolutely true. I mean, because they really had just a couple ways to get you. It was either you're walking through the store, you see a good cover, or you may have seen this game like in a in a magazine, like a Nintendo Power or PC gaming, whatever, whatever, what have you out there for that. So yeah, they, they had to use these deceptive practices, but whatever, it is what it is. What is the name of this track? This is the theme. To oh, Human just Killing the main, Machine. main theme. Okay, main theme. Uh, composed, okay. composed by Mark Tate. 
Uh, I didn't see anything from him. I did a search. He's a hard man to find. That's a that's a name that I am not familiar with. Like a composer I'm not familiar with either. Uh, in fact, when you try to look him up, uh, uh, there's no link for him on Wikipedia. Uh, I tried doing a deeper dive through everything. I couldn't find anything he was attached with. Maybe this is one thing. Who knows? Not me. I can't even find him on uh, VGMDB. So yeah, this is uh, this is somebody that is more or less a ghost in the uh, in the industry. I, I'm not familiar with Mark Tate, and I don't, I don't know what else he's done. So interesting that we have him on the show. At least we hear a little bit of his style and what he's done. Uh, it is it is a catchy we'll piece of music. Eventually. No, we absolutely yeah, will. I, I like this. I mean, this team who actually put it out, uh, Tiertex and, and uh, US Gold together, they also put out Strider too. So we know oh, they're capable of okay. good games. Yeah, Strider Two is a good game. So okay, interesting. Well, that's cool. But uh, yeah, that, that's the theme to Human Killing Machine. Uh, Brian, you want to take us out of here? Yeah, man. I I had a lot of fun on today's episode. I'm really glad that we stuck around and and got to do a part two episode. We haven't done many part twos yet. There will be uh, more part twos coming in the future. We are still trying to get through a lot of our other ideas that we had. And, you know, there are there are time. There is a time and a place for part twos. Like, again, I really wanted to do another episode on Amiga Music, but we're definitely trying to spread things out and, and cover as many different themes and as many different games, as many different ideas, I guess I should say, that we have for the show. But there will be part twos coming in the future. I would love to revisit certain topics. I'm looking forward to part three. Part three of Amiga Music will probably be next year. <laughs> I, I have, you know I have I say, a lot of fun I, I listening say, to Amiga I, Music. I, I, say, I say Amiga August should always be a thing. Amiga August? No, I don't want to dedicate an entire month to the Amiga, but uh, I'm, I'm perfectly okay dedicating an entire episode to the Amiga once a year because their music is phenomenal, man. It, it's really fun to listen to. And they just, again, the composers that were back then doing things on the Amiga, they really knew how to take advantage of the sound chip. And, and it just works out so well. But yeah, as you said, that is going to bring us to the close of the episode this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Also, shout out once again to posterburner.com, and do not forget to head on over to posterburner.com forward slash BGM to get an additional 10% off of your order. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames. Subscribe to us there, and if you haven't already, while you're at it, Hit up twitch.tv forward slash games and click that follow button. We are not live often. I say it all the time. If you follow, if you want to follow someone that is live every Tuesday, every Thursday, and every either Saturday or Sunday, twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. Check him out streaming a multitude of different games. And don't forget to watch his charity stream next month on September 21st and September 22nd. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be placed to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links next week it is the end of the month we're about to move out of august frank which actually means that i'm going to be starting to work at the haunted house here soon because we open on september 13th uh friday the 13th actually so the haunted house the haunted house season starts soon but we know what the end of the month means it is time for another edition of radio hour and this time it's volume 26 we'll have an eclectic mix of music five from me five from frank one from me the listener and one from Jessica. It's sure to be a good time. Hopefully. Hopefully Frank doesn't screw us. Hopefully he doesn't pick bad things. I'm picking all my tracks from Rugrats games. Just so you know. <laughs> no, we will find a replacement for next week's episode. <laughs> Taking us out of this episode once again, we have the main theme from Human Killing Machine, composed by Mark Tate, correct? Correct. 
keep the music playing and keep it loud.